You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon and Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the 18's podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined today by all of the guys. We have resident old man Clark Barnes, the working girl Jordan Smith, and ginger woodsman Nick Bodiford. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. Good, Pete. How you doing? I I am well. Uh Jordan, I can only address this to you because you're the only person who I can 100% confirm has watched it. But did you cry this weekend uh, at the end of WandaVision? Jordan is here, but 1 billion percent frozen. Oh, well, my excellent opening was thwarted by the internet. So maybe uh, maybe Jordan will be able to log in later in the show. So I tried to I tried to open with, you know, some non-football talk and the gods have spoken. And I guess we're just going straight into football. I paid him oh. off. Yeah. Yeah. Nick was like, enough with this, you know, these lengthy <laughs> intros. Fuck that noise. I want to talk football right away. And of course, there is breaking football news. I mean, we have some news to get to. All right, so breaking news that's dropped right before we hit record on the show. Dak Prescott signed a four-year, $160 million, up to $164 million uh, deal with the Dallas Cowboys. No trade clause, no tag provision, guaranteed $126 million. This is reported by uh, Ian Rappaport. Buttload of money for a man that we all knew the Cowboys were going to franchise tag, have to pay through the nose for. But at the very least, we are very happy to see this deal get done. Dak, stay in Dallas and stay in this offense, which has so much fantasy potential with Dak under center. And now we know for certain, Nick, things are going to be all systems go in Dallas. Um, to your point, something that I thought was really interesting with the no tag provision. So they're, they are going to... Um, tag him officially and then his like long-term contract kicks in and i i i'm totally rusty on the new cba that was agreed to but i is it correct that you can't tag a player more than once on the franchise tag there seemed to be something about the fact that they're going to franchise him then means that they can't do it to him again and i don't know exactly how that works but yeah so he's going to get franchised but then also the long-term deal kicks in like 124 million in guaranteed money which i mean that is awesome and i hope it shuts up jerry jones and anybody else who was wondering if he was you know uh, a top 10 quarterback who can play like a top five one given the scheme um it'll be a, a fantasy gold mine next year yeah well good on jerry for finding the money after selling gas at a higher value to all of the uh, 
Texas in order to make some money back. Now you can finally sign Dak to a big deal. So good for you. I know it will likely be months before we actually figure out what the contract says, but is the no tag (laughs) clause meaning when he comes up for his next contract, he will not be able to be franchise tagged? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my understanding. That is, I feel like that is huge for a position where you have a, a legit shot at getting three, four, five contracts. That's that's a pretty big deal if that's how that works out. After five years, so he'll be 31, 32. That's, that's still like in that. your prime. Like that's for still quarterback, quarterback that's prime. Fine. Yeah, totally. He could sign two more after that, no problem. Oh my God, yeah. Has that been done before? Is this is this something relatively new, this no tag? I know you were talking about the new CBA, introdu- maybe introducing it. Because it does seem like this is, like Clark's saying, I mean, this is this does seem like a really big deal and a precedent center. Center. I mean, wasn't, wasn't that what Tom Brady did like three years ago? And that's why he could go to free agency? That's why he could, maybe, yeah. Tom Brady leading the charge. I don't know. We'll just have to, we'll have to have someone more motivated and smarter than me look into that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as, as Jordan says, and as many people in the, in the NFL Twitter sphere say, the cap is just a complete fabrication. So who really cares? Yeah. He's getting a ton of money per year, a ton of money overall, just guaranteed. Like he's getting a boatload of cash. Like they're backing up the Brinks truck right now to his front step and they're just getting it right away for him to sign on. Uh, he's getting 40 mil per year right now, which is five mil under Pat Mahomes. So he's not exactly getting like he didn't reset the market like Mahomes did, but he's like a mil above Deshaun Watson. And the franchise tag would have locked him in for like 37 and a half million, I think. And the Cowboys did this to themselves, honestly. Like they waited so long to give Dak Prescott a contract that they were like, now they had to pay him probably four to five million dollars more per year annually than they would have if they would have signed him like two years ago to an extension um so i'm glad to see that Dak prescott just didn't blink and the cowboys blinked instead uh go get that cash Dak. Mm-hmm. yeah uh oh go ahead clark for fantasy this is extremely exciting one of potentially the best offenses in football that we were kind of worried about going into the offseason is as much as anything can be in the NFL settled and solidified. So fire up C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, those Ezekiel Elliott shares are looking stronger. Even Tony Pollard probably going to get some some run. So the Cowboys are back to exceptionally interesting for for fantasy. Totally. 100%. Uh, Right off the dome, no thinking. What do you guys right now, are you feeling Dak Prescott is a are you drafting him as a top five or a top 10 fantasy quarterback in 2021? Five. Yeah. I would put him at top five or four. Sorry. I'm, I'm slow. So I'm putting Mahomes I'm in front of him. Don't yeah, think, don't, don't think, think, don't Clark. think five or 10, five or 10, S- seven. That's not so, a- so top 10, top, so 10, top, 10. top 10, top 10. There you go. I agree. I agree with the top five. I tweeted out a poll on fake teams and so far, top 10 has been the overwhelming favorite, which people are sleeping on Dak. Don't sleep on it, Dak. Is he interesting enough for you to spend real draft capital on in a one QB league? So, like, before round five, are you going to pick Dak Prescott? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. His his rushing floor is is saucy, but it's whether or not, uh, whether or not that ankle. In a two QB league, like, I'm, I'm paying for Dak. 
if it's some like I you know high stakes thing and you're trying to build a team stack where you're like hoarding the Cowboys points and you have like Amari Cooper in the second and CD Lamb in the third and then you go Dak for it. Yeah, I could see that kind of a thing happening. I mean, maybe I would take him in the fifth, but I, probably not. I mean, it you know too many good. I mean, this podcast is like we <laughs> we live and die by the draft quarterbacks late, so it's hard. It's hard. It like makes me physically ill to think about drafting a QB early. Clark does not. Except Clark, for Clark Burns. I will take opportunity as it presents itself. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Clark Burns. And that's why he had all the Travis Kelsey shares this year. Going beyond and above and beyond. Uh, speaking of the tight end position, Clark, your favorite tight end in the entire NFL got released this last week. Uh, the Vikings parted ways with Kyle Rudolph. So he's now a free agent. And uh, some interest has arisen, it seems. The reports are saying that Kyle Rudolph is interested in signing with the Patriots. As a Patriots fan, I, of course, endorse this because, good Lord, New England needs pass catchers, particularly in the red zone. Clark, what do you think for your uh, for your favorite player in the NFL? Kyle Rudolph's fine. He'll be a good <laughs> middling, like, you know, 30th best player on your team addition, especially to a team like the Patriots who's shown they uh, – I was looking at the, the draft order and prep for the show. They went seven and nine. It feels like they had a horribly disastrous season. And they went, you know, they went seven and nine. Kyle Rudolph is fine. He was really productive as a fantasy player for a couple of years because of the system, but he is kind of a plus receiving tight end who blocks well. I'm no, I'm no longer interested in him in any way in fantasy. Wow. Pete what what Nick a moment beat it out of me. What a moment. Wow. This is, this is huge for, for the show. Clark Barnes renouncing his love for Kyle Rudolph. I feel bad. I didn't, I mean, I don't even give a shit this is all like about Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, no, he's not that good anymore. He's old. Irv Smith is cooler. Anyway. Yeah. He's uh, to what you said about if he goes to the Pats, that could be interesting, but I can't imagine having him inside of like the top 20 at the oh, position at this point I, you'd never draft him, but he's he would be a guy who i could keep eyes on depending on his landing spot particularly if new england i feel like what his role right now is is like go be six foot six in the red zone and you know that can get you five plus touchdowns so potential breaking news uh rapaport tweeting out the Dolphins traded for he, – he's, he's citing multiple – he's saying sources. So it's not confirmed yet, but sources. The Dolphins traded for Titans' first-round offensive tackle, Isaiah Wilson, with a swap of picks completing the deal. Fresh start for Wilson, who Tennessee had been shopping this offseason, which is – yeah, I mean, he, he was a first-rounder last year, correct, Wilson? Yeah. Isaiah Wilson? Yeah. I guess he just kind of had a, a – a, He had a lot of off-field issues. Was it? I don't know if it was off field. You, you maybe you should educate us on that, Pete. I, I thought he was just kind of like the the coaching staff got frustrated with him for his I don't know, attitude or what. Um, players, I guess teams, I consider I that off field issues, but maybe okay, that's on sure. field issues. But yes, no, it, he definitely fell out of out of favor quickly with the coaching staff. So I didn't know they were looking to shop him. So uh, Miami getting some new offensive linemen for their eventual starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Interesting. I'm Is pretty that sure he picks. I imagine the. Tennessee going from 22 to 18. I have no idea if there's first swapping first. Is oh, it, well. are they swapping first? I think it's just talking about first rounds. Go ahead, Jordan. What were you saying? I, I hope it's not swapping first. I'm not sure Isaiah Wilson is worth all of that worth. given his issues. I think the most recent 
uh, issue with Isaiah Wilson, like the off field stuff was, I'm pretty sure he was at like a college party uh, oh, during like yeah. COVID quarantine time. And did he jump off a balcony or something like that? It, it was something like really weird. And he did not play like a snap for the Titans last year. It's, and they don't know whether or not he's going to play. I think the last he tweeted not too long ago that he was like done being a Titan or what have you. And they're just like, all right, man, like we don't really know what to do with you. I, I hope he finds, you know, finds what he needs in Miami as a, as a reclamation project there. So since they had Tennessee kind of by the balls with the fact that Tennessee let the world know they wanted to trade him, I cannot imagine that they got a first round pick for him because they had to have walked up and just said, Hey, you know, it's obviously he's, he's a big enough problem for you guys. Right. We'll give you something for him. But yeah, I mean, if it's a first then Vrabel, I swindled them magically. That's a a magic. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say magic too, Nick. Wow. Look at us. Well, look at us. Take out our wands. Look at Um, us. We did it. I, uh, as an aside, it's incredible how many NFL related incidents involve players who are intoxicated with balconies in public settings. Stay indoors, people. Stay (laughs) indoors. If you haven't been intoxicated and jumped off the balcony, well, then I don't know if we're going to be friends. I didn't say I haven't done that. It's just surprising how many grown adult NFL players who end up and they're like, oh, shit, we got to flee. Let's go upstairs and then out the window off the balcony. When you're a hyper athlete, you you can get away with that kind of shit. You can you can jump from a second story window and survive. Meanwhile, me and my old ass knees would just crumble. Uh, Finally, in the news. Miles Simmons of Pro Football Talk is reporting that the Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury has yet again voiced his confidence that Chase Edmonds can be the team's lead back. Uh, Kenyon Drake is a free agent. We've heard this before. <laughs> Clark is miming exactly what this is, which is just coach speech and more fodder. But it does add to kind of the growing theme that we have talked about at, in the past, which is the fact that like Chase Edmonds is do is going to have a, a sizable role it seems in the Cardinals offense regardless what they do at their running back position and might even be their running back uh to start and so obviously that that garners some some fantasy notoriety for him there are a lot of interesting running backs in the draft uh not just you know first round guys there's a lot of day two day three guys that I think are going to be super interesting and a lot of guys who played in systems like the Cardinals want to run uh Someone that we're going to talk about. Wow. I'll save it. Yeah. The Cardinals, I would be very surprised if they don't spend a second, third, fourth round pick on a running back, even though Chase Edmonds is okay. And I really want to see, you know, Benjamin play. The Cardinals would probably be smart just to let Kenyon Drake go. If they have like a Chase Edmonds type player already there and ready, like the bigger issue for them is shoring up their offensive line. But Kind of like Bruce Arians, I don't trust a damn thing that the Cardinals say that they're going to do. So do that what you will. Beautiful. Well, there's the NFL news for you. Uh, We are going to talk some draft landing spots, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, we are back. And with it being March and the NFL Draft fast approaching, we decided it's time to start giving y'all some draft talk. But instead of talking rookie players quite yet, because I will open up the uh, onion curtain and say that I have not done my deep dives into this rookie class quite yet or, or know extensively what what. Uh, we're going to talk rookie landing spots, positions on teams that would have us excited no matter uh, who is the player actually drafted. Now, we saw this last year with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was not the consensus lead back uh, in the draft or top back in the draft, but by being drafted with the Chiefs, he enticed fantasy heads to the point where it rocketed his stock and he became, you know, the uh, top running back, rookie running back in fantasy. So we each have a positional group from a team that we're really excited about drafting a rookie in fantasy, regardless of who the rookie actually is. Kind of confusing, but I think my CEH example more than perfectly explained it. So no excuses for you, dear listeners. Uh, Jordan, why don't you start us off? What is a what is a team position group, whatever that you would be excited about, regardless of of who the rookie actually is in terms of landing spots? Um, well, I guess I kind of went a little bit opposite of not opposite, but I, I actually labeled down a specific player um, just because I think the fit actually matters here. Um, but I guess I'll just say put a number two wide receivers on the Los Angeles chargers. Um, the, the chargers probably have a few other holes that they can address in the draft, but if they add a receiver, I I said specifically Rashad Bateman, who can be a inside and outside receiver threat for them and who they can viably get at 13, I think is where they're drafting specifically. Um, and there's, there's just going to be targets there um, if Hunter Henry walks. And um, Keenan Allen is obviously the, the number one. He's going to be snagging well over 115 balls every year. But uh, they need a number two as we've kind of waited for Mike Williams to show up and fit that role. Uh, he's been a fine deep ball player, but he occasionally gets injured. And he hasn't had the boom year that he had after he finished wide receiver 21 in his sophomore year because the following years after that he finished wide receiver 37 and wide receiver 42 so getting him or getting justin herbert rather a another just elite route running weapon like rashad bateman or like one of these other stud wide receivers in the draft could do wonders for the chargers offense yeah, especially if Hunter Henry leaves in free agency. And I think they they seem like a situation that's very similar in my mind to like the Vikings last year, where you had Adam Thielen, who I feel like is comparable to Keenan Allen, and then looking for that number two guy. Obviously, the Vikings trade Stefan Diggs, but then got Justin Jefferson, who stepped in immediately and was wildly productive. And I think you're right, Jordan, where 
it's not that, you know, I think it's not the fact that like the Chargers offense can't support two wide receivers fantasy wise. I think it's that Mike Williams hasn't proven to be good enough to be a reliable number two guy uh, in, for, in terms of fantasy. And so if there is a, a, a hyper talented, which this class seems to have a lot of in terms of receivers, but a receiver going to the Chargers who can really rise to that occasion and be that number two guy, there's a lot of fantasy uh, potential there. I really like the pick, even if it's, you know, early second, because they are at 13. You're right. So right. even if it's with their second round pick, there's going to be a lot of guys available. Wide receiver cores are three wide receivers now. So there's just, you're probably going to play four or five people at that position, but stacking three deep is just a good plan for the NFL. Uh, Justin Herbert just absolutely killed it last year. And it wasn't a rookie coming in and playing for four games and looking great. He did not go through the rookie slump. He took a team that was not going to be very good with a head coach that was miraculously uncreative and just absolutely balled out. So play into the strength. They already have a lot of guys on defense who just, you know, can't stay healthy. They're already should be pretty good on that side of the ball. And I think they brought in the defensive coordinator from the Rams last year who finally did the smart things like have Aaron Donald go against your least talented <laughs> offensive lineman and that, and let Jalen Ramsey just do what he wants. Like, so those are the kind of ideas that with the Chargers personnel can get you pretty far on defense. So I love doubling down on, you know, whether they got lucky or what with Herbert, get him some more weapons. Yeah, I think this is a smart call. Um, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, and, and Tyron Johnson are all free agents uh, after this season. And I, I really liked what I saw out of uh, Guyton as kind of like maybe the long-term Mike Williams replacement because I think Williams will go for a decent amount on uh, on the, the free agent market, uh, in which case, you know, they re-sign Guyton as the downfield guy. And then they need some big number two to kind of honestly like play like a, an X with – Keenan Allen kind of operating as like mm -hmm. the, the number one receiver, but a, a slot guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think investing high at the position this year uh, would be a really smart move. Clark, what do you got? So we're spoiled for choice with this one. Uh, and as much as I hate the quarterback on this team, the Pittsburgh Steelers finished 32nd in running back points scored. And that was partially because Ben Roethlisberger was kind of given the reins to the offense and wanted to throw the ball 800 times, but partially because James Conner got hurt and Betty Snell's not good. And so I would love to, I know we're not supposed to pick a player, but uh, like Jordan, I decided to do it anyway. Uh, North Carolina running back, uh, Michael Carter. So a little slight five, eight, uh, but likely to last until day two, day three, an extremely polished route runner. So if Roethlisberger still wants to throw the ball 900 times, you can get a guy who not only can catch, but knows how to set himself up in zones and how to make, you know, running backs show that they're really good in college when they can press the line and make the linebacker take that false step and then cut. And he does that all the time, not only running, but also as a wide receiver. So Obviously, I'm really excited about him just as a player anyway, but going to somewhere like Pittsburgh, I think playing alongside some plodding guy who I'm sure Mike Tomlin is going to like more would be fantastic. Yeah, I I, uh, I can't speak to the the player. I think that they are definitely Nick and I. Nick and I clearly are way behind the eight ball at our our draft research. You guys are dropping names. You guys are dropping game tape. Wow, I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I got to get my SIS rookie handbook uh, delivered here pretty soon. Um, 
There's definitely a hole at the position. I don't think that Anthony McFarland Jr. is the long-term answer. And as you said, Clark, Benny Snell is not really very good. And even if he is good at like the two down north-south thing, anyway, yeah, they could use a fresh body in there. Um, I don't know how high of a pick I would endorse using for a running back, but there is definitely fantasy production to be had there if Mike Tomlin sticks with his ways of utilizing a, a bell cow in a three-down role. Yeah, especially a guy who can be a, a pass catcher, because I feel like that's an aspect of this offense that's really been lacking, is a reliable receiver out of the backfield. And uh, and it's an option that would really help elongate Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I, I, he signed, I think, like a one-year or maybe a two-year deal uh, with the Steelers. And so elongate as much as you can. But making him the best quarterback he can be in 2021 and giving him options in the intermediate to short passing game, as opposed to like, having to chuck the ball downfield to Deontay Johnson in triple coverage and hope that he catches it despite the fact that he drops a lot of balls. So I think having a pass catcher back there is we've seen that with Le'Veon Bell. That was when the Steelers offense was kind of at its you know best with Antonio Brown and a young Juju. Um, so I, I like that option a lot is to get a, a running back, particularly a guy who can pass catch in into Pittsburgh. I also think that that's going to be a, a requirement because Pittsburgh's offensive line, I feel like, they had two guys retire on it. Um, and so it might be a little shaky to start, but having a, a reliable pass catcher out of the backfield would certainly help mitigate and just a reliable run game would help mitigate some of that in terms of pass pro. Yeah. The Pittsburgh offensive line played pretty poorly last year. And that was before the retiring started happening. Um, I think getting them a running back, especially a running back, like Clark mentioned, Michael Carter, who is a little bit more lightning than thunder, uh, he's more of an agile, dynamic runner rather than like a James Conner who is going to look for contact and, you know, fall forward for three to four yards on every attempt. Uh, to your point, Pete, too, I would say he is a little bit more like Le'Veon Bell, somebody who's going to make uh, some more decisive cuts, uh, is a little bit more smooth as a runner and can be very effective in the passing game, which, yeah, like you said, would help alleviate the pass blocking and the run blocking holes that are definitely going to be there for Pittsburgh this year. Well, I'll stay at the running back position because for me, it's the running back position for the Jets is, I think is going to be super exciting in terms of my view for fantasy football. First off, there's literally no one on the roster. I mean, you have Frank Gore is there. And outside of that, there's there's no one of note. Uh, but the bigger thing is, is that Michael Floor, the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, is now the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. They're bring, he's going to bring that Kyle Shanahan offense to a, a slightly above offensive line per football outsider's adjusted line yard. So you're already getting an offensive line there that had a good amount of uh, running the running success last year with really no ground game and under Adam Gase. I think there's going to be a lot of pub about like what the Jets are going to do at quarterback. And I've seen a lot of mocks, obviously, with a high first overall or first round pick a lot of mocks are saying either they're going to trade Darnold and go quarterback or get like a wide receiver weapon for him uh, atop the draft which is all great like I mean but we've talked about this passing game I don't think this passing game in New York needs all that much help uh but if they invest a second or a third in a running back or even a fourth like if they invest any kind of draft capital in a running back I would be really excited to snag that guy because I think that there's obviously a lot of work to be done in that uh and there's a big 
hole for a running back to step into already behind an offensive line that was pretty good last year in an offense that we know can have a lot of, or an offensive system that can have a lot of success running the football. Yeah. I think that might be the the best one that we've, that we've had and I'm, and probably yes. will have on this show. Um, that scheme is going to feature the, the running back heavily, as you said, with the, the two guys that they've got there with Robert Sala and, and uh, what's the name? Oh, see, um, yeah, they're They're going to go really, really hard as a, a dynamic running game. Hopefully, you know, they do some pass first and play action and all that too. Um, but if someone lands there and they really win the job, I mean, that's 300 touches right yeah. there. I have a uh, Ty Johnson on my dynasty roster. I'm going to move <laughs> him for some draft capital right now. So if we could quiet down. On Sorry. The- Sorry. Talk. Ty Johnson is going to be incredible for the Jets in 2021. Anyone Josh would be Adams is still him. there. Josh Adams. I do like this one. And I think it was last year. Um, I think Nick brought this up or an article I read. Uh, one of the offensive linemen for the Vikings talking about why he liked playing in the Gary Kubiak system so much is that you do the same block over and over and over and over again. And the whole scheme is set up to give you just the slightest advantage over your opponent. So on top of doing the same thing over and over and over again, uh, they try to get you to where you, you know, you're pushing some guy on the side instead of going straight up or trying to reach for him or pull like a lot of gap steam scheme plays go. And the, the point of this is that that makes your offensive line a whole lot better when they get to practice their one move over and over and over and then what makes it so confusing for defenses is it looks like you're running the same play 30 times a game and you have 25 variations of it and we've seen even with old one leg Garoppolo in San Francisco Shanahan is showing that coach is there is no league in the in the in the United States where coach is more important than the NFL he he just continues to win with guys we've never heard of at quarterback. And when you got one season out of Jimmy Garoppolo, he went to the Super Bowl. So if that all comes together for the Jets, that's exciting. Uh, those fans have suffered enough now. I think it's time to give them like a seven and nine season that they can be proud of. <laughs> yeah, I don't really endorse replacing Frank Gore as a running back anywhere because uh we we just love frank Gore. no but if if they can i mean they have like a million picks in the first three rounds so if they can get like a a running back in the early seconds who everybody except maybe we always see like at least one running back go in the first round so like if travis etienne is gone or some somebody like that Najee harris if they're gone then they'll still have like their relative pick of the litter in the second round too add to add if they drafted a quarterback at number two overall if they sign a wide receiver if they had other weapons and free agency but are actually like smart about it and don't you know back up the brinks for a running back in free agency then <laughs> they could come they could come away as like one of the victors of the draft and we could be talking about that for a, a couple of weeks afterwards nick wrap us up yeah, this is cool. I thought I was going to have to go with like a, a plan B here. Um, so this was really hard for me though. So I, I'm going to go with the the Indianapolis Colts as just a pass catcher generally, but with emphasis on the wide receiver position with Hilton, uh, hopefully gone. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be stepping up. I mean, Zach Pascal, like he's done some things. He's not that great. 
Paris Campbell is there, but he's been super injured in the two seasons that he's been there. So they they need help uh, here. And for whatever reason, they won't play uh, Mo Ali Cox as an every down tight end. But um, yeah, they, they they need to get some big time pass catchers in there. They need to get them developed. I think Pittman can lead this year, but if they were to bring in another guy who they use high draft capital on, um, I think that they could have a really awesome receiving core for, you know, at least the, the duration of their rookie contracts, but you could be looking at like an eight to nine year span where they have a, a sick one, two punch uh, at the position. Yeah. I actually had the Colts as one of my uh, like backups in case someone snagged uh, what my, my jets running back, but I'm expecting the t- 2021 Colts offense to basically look like the 2016, 17 Eagles with both Wentz and Frank Reich there. Um, and we saw from there, it was, you know, one main receiver. They had Jordan Matthews was in 2016 and Alshon Jeffrey was 2017, but then it was Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had a hundred tar- hundred plus targets in both seasons, both years. He went over 800 yards and had at least four touchdowns. Now, I'm not saying that specifically the Colts tight end is going to be that production, but I do think that the Colts, like I could see Michael Pittman maybe as like that big physical receiver if they go out and get someone, but I think you're totally right, Nick, that this offense does need one more weapon, uh, especially in the passing game and whether or not that's a tight end that they go get or that's uh, a wide receiver, that there's a lot of potential here, particularly since this team has already, like we saw Jonathan Taylor really blossom in the second half of the season. They already have this phenomenal offensive line. Like there's going to be a lot of space, I think, opening up in terms of play action and having a quarterback who hopefully, I mean, if Carson Wentz can be 2018, 2019 Wentz, which was like, you know, a good serviceable quarterback, uh, a guy who can get the ball across and all over the field. Yeah, like it. Wreck is creative. Wentz needs some weapons. He really has a tendency to hold on to the ball instead of letting it go. I think the Colts have a really good nucleus, and getting a little extra for Wentz sure wouldn't hurt. They're picking kind of in the middle of the draft anyway, so that's kind of a spot where in the first round you can still get an, a, a usually a very very good skill player. Or it's like, boy, this guard is awesome. Sorry, Jordan. Guards aren't exciting, uh, even though they're good picks. <laughs> Yeah, I like that for the Colts. There you go. The the guard thing, I mean, left tackle, right? That's that's what they they need to get shored up. What I really did like about uh, Brandon Thorne, offensive line guru, he he was saying like, even if you they they could use an early uh, first round pick on a left tackle, and then they get to stick him next to Quentin Nelson, which is probably the most comfortable left tackle like rookie position you could find in the NFL. So I think that would be a great option too. But I would just be excited for fantasy purposes if we got a a number one receiver in there. Yeah, if they want to protect their investment that they made in Carson Wentz, the two of the main things I think they have to do is uh, either shore up that uh, left uh, side of the f- offensive line to protect Wentz because he needs protecting at all times or add a potential deep threat, um, somebody who can uh, make plays down the field. Michael Pittman's like a good ex-wide receiver, but he's not particularly speedy he's not taking the top off and Paris Campbell is pretty fast but he's more of a slot guy so if they could add somebody uh like a a good deep threat uh, maybe if Jalen Waddle falls to them or Mm -hmm. uh, like a Rashad Bateman who's not necessarily a deep threat but knows how to get open and knows how to pinpoint the ball in the air then I I think that would be beneficial for Carson once they they need to get him um, they need to get him comfortable let's just say that (laughs) 
Totally. Excellent. Well, there you go. Uh, some good early draft talk. Nick and I will make sure we are going to hit the tape room so hard. We're going to grind tape. We're going to watch film. We are going to view screenings. We are going to, uh, what well, is another way to say watch tape? Um, um, interpret uh, cinema. All of these things so that we're fully prepared with this rookie class as we keep talking draft, as we keep ramping up to the NFL draft. So don't miss out and make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and basketball shows. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PDM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nicholas at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Until then, peace.